0: You're listening to a podcast from BJSM.
1: You are indeed listening to a BJSM podcast and I'm delighted to be with Professor Fiona Bull and she's at the School of Population Health at the University of Western Australia in Perth where we're having a chat. It's a beautiful day in Perth and we're going to talk about what's known as the seven investments for physical activity and it's a major, major document that has incredible ramifications, and one of the challenges is to get people to understand what it is and why it's important. And so, Fiona, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: And tell us how the 7 Investment document uh, got created, because that's an interesting story, and then we'll just drill through the 7 levels after that.
0: Okay, look, uh, thanks very much. Well, the 7 Investments document um, came out in February 2011 um, and followed the uh Toronto Charter for Physical Activity, a global call for action, which was produced the year earlier in 2010. Now the origins of both of these documents are the need for a greater action on promoting physical activity and we felt that there was a real missing piece to our work in terms of having a very clear message about what we're trying to do and some documents that were pretty simple, short, and said that message. So the Toronto Charter started to give the very clear framework uh, state the facts, state the importance, and show governments and those involved what to do. But it didn't provide the detail and the Seven Investments is a complementary follow-up document saying if you're ready to act here are seven areas.
1: And so what are the areas Fiona?
0: Well if I can just quickly go through them, the seven areas start with the educational program, sort of overarching communication, then uh, followed by urban design area, creating communities that support activity, transport policies that promote walking and cycling, and then we go into some of the settings, and one setting is the um, school setting, a second setting is the health care, particularly primary care, thirdly we've got the community, so whole of community approaches, and lastly and of course importantly, working through the sports setting so the seven areas and each one we can talk about in more detail
1: let's do that why don't we start with education overall and uh, getting people to be aware
0: well, it's important and it's almost the necessary but insufficient part of our work we've got to communicate clear messages about the benefits and arguably some of the risks to not being active uh, our lifestyles are changing dramatically uh, we are moving less less opportunities less support environments but people want to know What do they need to do and why? And it's a bedrock of health promotion, health education. So we want clear, simple messages that being active is good, 150 minutes, regular daily activity of all sorts whether it's moderate vigorous light walking through sports whatever but we need in every country to have that consistent message of course built on the incredible science we have that tells us all about those benefits and there's there are messages for specific populations you know we want children to do uh, to do more and we want them to build um, healthy bones and muscles so we've got muscle strength training and similarly for older adults so we can start to tailor those messages but I think a core role for any whole of government approach is good, clear, sustained education messages.
1: And listeners can check out Trevor Shilton's podcast that follows this very nicely on the site. So, given that there's good education, the government's committed to this sort of promotion. Let's go through um, other changes that fit in with the seven investment document.
0: Well certainly I think many now appreciate that telling people um, about their health and telling them what they should be doing is not enough to um, create the kind of sustained behaviour change. So the next area I'd prioritise would be um, the urban design. We've got to create the places that support people being active and that's a, that's all about um, the open spaces for play and recreation and sports, retaining those, making them accessible, maintaining them and these open spaces are under threat with a sort of urban uh, urbanisation and uh, pressure we've got for more housing and, and, and urban development so it's an important role there but in our communities we want places where people can walk and cycle and there's a very strong link here to the transport agenda but we know that people are more active, more likely to get out there and walk and cycle when things are close and convenient and safe and so we've got a really big role to work with our urban planners, local government, state government, national governments to make sure that the communities we're building for the future actually do build in health and of course there's a retrofitting agenda where we've got the opportunity to improve some of the mistakes of the past.
1: And transit links to that right?
0: Absolutely, so I mentioned walking and cycling and that's a key area, Um, you know it's phenomenal the amount of short trips. That are done by cars we own cars we're using them we're getting lazy and um, it's causing a lot of environmental problems so the beautiful thing about working in this field is the links and benefits we can have with other great concerns of the uh, current times like pollution air quality traffic safety um, so we can partner with uh, transport planners uh, and other folks that are trying to help people um, you know, manage the uh, you know, mobility issues through, through our towns and cities but walking, cycling and public transport use is a shared agenda gets people active, gets them out of the car and we need to create systems that prioritise walkers, cyclists and public transport and I'd argue that most cities have got it the other way round. It's all about cars and freight. Um, we are seeing very promising signs and that's what the Seven Investments is all about It is calling for action, but it's also pointing uh, people to where there are good examples. So we know there are examples around the world. Let's learn from them. How have they turned that triangle of priority from freight and cars to have the walkers and cyclists at the top? And then how do you deliver on it? What can we learn from? And then let's share it so the next city, the next town can do that. Good stuff happening in Europe, but also elsewhere.
1: And I can put in a plug for Vancouver's mayor, Gregor Robertson, who has really embraced this philosophy in Vancouver is very popular among visitors because it has a priority for walking and cycling. Fiona, so there are some settings now where we need to address physical activity. Tell us about those.
0: Well there's a number of sectors but let's start with um, primary care and uh, primary care has got an excellent back, uh, track record of evidence-based interventions that work to promote physical activity. There's been a big call for shifting um, our health care to include more prevention and this is uh, essentially bringing in health education, health promotion and prevention strategies to our the doctors, nurses, physios. I mean, there's a role for everyone here to bring in and specifically promote physical activity to patients, not only as prevention, but often as a package as part of their treatment plan. I mentioned the good evidence. It's been a long-standing area of interest to have strategies. Some people might be ref- familiar with exercise referral as one kind of programmatic way, but there are others. The important thing is that we should be assessing patients, advising and supporting in, in combinations of packages with the relevant um, Uh, professionals delivering this and I mention again it can be all sorts of professionals in fact everyone has a role so yes the doctors but also the nurses, nurse practitioners, physios and all those people can uh, reinforce the message and give patients the confidence and the awareness that they need to integrate physical activity.
1: And listeners can go to Bob Sellers' podcast about exercise and medicine. There are a bunch of good programs like this, and certainly I've seen physiotherapists embracing this, and it's becoming a gender item at physiotherapy conferences, promoting physical activity. And obviously, physios are very well trained um, in this, and I see that as one of the great improvements in countries that have those sort of health professionals. And then in low-middle income countries, we know there are other kind of health workers who are mm. being trained to do this, Fiona. Mm. So. We've got three settings left if I'm if I'm counting right
0: yeah that's right so let's talk about schools because the school setting is really important opportunity here to promote physical activity as part of a whole of school approach and the health promoting schools agenda is a really good way of getting into this and I think um, for low and middle income countries it's through schools and the link of schools sports which will be a, perhaps a really good opening point for uh, promoting physical activity the seven investments has one of them being a whole of school approach uh, good quality regular mandated physical education is going to be bedrock. Um, We're doing some research now to find out in how many countries we've got mandated um, physical education in primary schools and in high schools. We'll be uh, communicating that very shortly. Um, But we need to make sure that we've got good quality, which goes back to uh, the training of our phys ed teachers, and non-specialist teachers, where that system still exists. Um, We've got to look at the school setting, it's not just about the PE curriculum, it's the whole school environment, giving support to the teachers, to the parents, to all those others involved in the uh, the school and education system, the school facilities and the location, and to link back to our transport conversation, of course, active travel, so kids are cycling, walking to school, using public transit, getting away from this, um, this driving mentality from a very early age. So school settings, highly important, one of the seven investments.
1: And can you tell listeners who aren't aware of a walking school bus, what that's
0: like? Yeah, great intervention. So the idea is that mums or other uh, other interested supporters will pick up children via a walking bus, so with regular route, timings, and of course then the security and confidence that parents will want for their children to join the walking bus and be walked into school. Uh, excellent idea and really gaining a lot of momentum.
1: And without taking us off our path to the seven investments, Fiona, I know you met with Eiji Dorak in the gulf region recently did you get a sense that fifa was uh, working in a school setting and trying to promote football for health
0: absolutely and it links now to our other setting and through sports and fifa are doing a great job with their health program Um, sports is a way uh, to really bring and build on the enthusiasm that people have we just want to get them out from being only spectators to being participants as well and the fifa program um, certainly showed us the way to do it and the school setting being the way to coordinate it and uh, people probably can find further resources on that program but um, taking the sport setting as more generally look everyone loves sport but we've got to make sure it's available and accessible and we retain the participation sports participation is great in the in younger uh, age range but it drops off dramatically, and we've got to ask ourselves why. Uh, what are we providing? What opportunities? What access? And how we retain participation. And uh, we've put that as one of our seven investments sports for all uh, and working in the sports settings.
1: And, Fern, I think it leaves us with community engagement.
0: It does. Last but uh, not least, of course, the seven investments identified a whole of community approaches and looking at communities as an entire population and saying, "Let's put all of this together and create opportunities at every corner for being active." So it is, in fact, the integration uh, investment where we really want to see the good urban planning, the good transport, the primary healthcare, the good schools, uh, the education programs. It all wrapped together, and this is complementary. Um, the the strategies stand alone on the one hand, but really they form a jigsaw. Each piece together is the comprehensive approach. But we know that governments don't find it very easy to take that big picture at one bite and therefore by breaking it into seven areas, any country can get started where the opportunity and synergies exist. It doesn't matter where you start, just start. Promote physical activity and the seven investments gives you a guide.
1: And I heard you think it's a matter of not saying when or if, but uh, how?
0: Absolutely. I think we know the benefits of physical activity. The evidence is strong. Uh, We know we need to act. And now the real question is how.
1: Thanks a lot, Fiona. That's fantastic for sharing that with us. I know you've got a busy schedule. Thanks for recording this podcast for BJSM.
0: Thank you for asking. Great to be. For more information about
1: this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.